When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to the Space News Podcast. My name is Will, and today I'll be covering Harvard's top astronomer because he said that there's an alien ship among us, and he doesn't really give a darn about what his colleagues think about it. Also, NASA's Marco spacecraft, their suitcase-sized, briefcase-sized little spacecraft that were flown to Mars, and this was basically a test to see how long they would last in deep space. I'm going to go a little bit more into that subject, but before I do, I want to say thank you so much to everybody who supported the podcast by subscribing to it, by just listening to it. That's the best thing you can do is just listen to the podcast, tell your friends, spread the good word of science to all of your friends and family. And also thanks to our Patreon patrons. You can go to patreon.com slash Space News Podcast. You can hit us up on social media at Space News Pod and at SpaceNewsPodcast.com. Thank you so much for all of your support. Now let's go back to the first subject. Harvard's top astronomer, Avi Loeb. He's a American theoretical physicist who works on astrophysics and cosmology at Harvard. And he thinks that an alien ship is possible to be amongst us. Loeb is the Frank B. Baird Jr. Professor of Science at Harvard University. He serves as chair of the Harvard Astronomy Department, chair of the advisory committee for the Breakthrough Starshot Project, which they're going to launch lightweight spacecraft towards the nearest stars using lasers. That's a pretty cool project. He's also the founding director of Harvard's Black Hole Initiative, the first interdisciplinary center worldwide dedicated to the study of black holes and director of the Institute for Theory and Computation since 2007 and within the Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics. So Loeb has a ton of credentials. Avi is legit. This guy is top of the class. Loeb wrote something about Oumuamua. And if you're not familiar with Oumuamua, it's a small object estimated to be about 100 meters to 1,000 meters. Um, in size, it has a dark red color similar to objects in the outer solar system, and it shows no signs of a comet coma. So this is a big space rock. It looks, it's cigar shaped. It's out there floating around, but it goes really fast. And according to NASA scientists, uh, the object could be a remnant of a disintegrated interstellar comet or an exocomet. And the object has a rotation rate similar to the average spin rate seen in solar system asteroids, but is more elongated than all but a few other natural bodies. And now the weird thing about this is that they don't think it came from our solar system. It's going too fast compared to the sun. Relative to the sun, it's going way too fast to have originated in our solar system. And it means that it cannot be captured in a solar orbit 
so it will eventually leave the solar system and resume traveling through interstellar space on its own. Now, when it was first seen, it was about 33 million kilometers from Earth, and that's 0.22 AU for all of you space cadets out there. But scientists don't have any clue what system it came from, and they don't know exactly where it's going to go to. And Avi Loeb said, considering an artificial origin, one possibility is that Oumuamua is a light sail floating in interstellar space as a debris from an advanced technological equipment. And he wrote that with his colleague in the Astrophysical Journal letters in November. So people that believe in aliens, people that believe in extraterrestrials, were super pumped about this, right? And um, there's some people in academia that were really bummed about it. An astrophysicist, Paul Sutter, from Ohio State University wrote, um, it's not an alien spaceship, and the authors of the paper insult honest scientific inquiry to even suggest it. And theoretical astrophysicist Ethan Siegel wrote in Forbes, a shocking example of sensationalist, ill-motivated science. And Katie Mack, who's from North Carolina State University, she's an astrophysicist, said that Loeb was trolling for publicity. And she said, sometimes you write a paper about something that you don't believe to be true at all just for the purpose of putting it out there. Now, most scientists believe that uh, it's a, sort of a rock and it could be an asteroid ejected from some star and meltdown hundreds of millions of years ago or an icy comet wandering the interstellar void. But it's moving too fast for an inner rock, Loeb points out, and zooming away from the sun as if something is pushing it from behind. And if it's a comet spewing jets of steam, the limited observations astronomers made of it showed no signs of those jets. Loeb also stated that the behavior of this object means that it can't be a clump of rock shaped like a long potato. It's a cigar shaped rock. But it, he says it's rather an object that's very long and no more than one millimeter thick, perhaps like a kilometer long aboid pancake or a ship sail, so light and thin that sunlight is pushing it out of our solar system. So also he says that he's not sure if it's definitely aliens, but he's saying he can't think of anything else that fits the data set. Loeb goes on to say, many people expected once there would be this publicity, I would back down. If someone shows me evidence to the contrary, I will immediately back down. It changes your perception of reality, just knowing that we're not alone, he said. We are fighting on borders, on resources. It would make us all feel part of planet Earth as a civilization rather than individual countries voting on Brexit. The mainstream approach, you can sort of drink your coffee in the morning and expect what you will find later on. It's a stable lifestyle, but for me it resembles more the lifestyle of a business person rather than scientists. And he said, the worst thing that can happen to me is I would be relieved of my administrative duties, and that would give me even more time to focus on science. All the titles I have, I can dial them back. In fact, I can dial myself back to the farm. So Avi won't back down. He has a specific data set that he's working from. All this data points to this thing not having any sort of origin. It's a big object. It's going really fast, and it's very thin. So what he's saying is, Show me otherwise, and I will back down. I will 
go back and say that I was absolutely wrong. But until then, he's going to still say that this is possibly an alien spacecraft. Now, let me know what you think at Space News Pod on Twitter and Facebook. And also, you can check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Space News Podcast and also spacenewspodcast.com. So my website, spacenewspodcast.com, is run by WordPress. I've been using WordPress for probably 15 years now, and I've had numerous experiences when my website has been attacked. And if you have a blog, a digital store, or your company's website on WordPress, do you know what kind of cyber threats are invisibly hitting your site? Well, if you head on over to WPthreat.com and install their IP threat blocker plugin. It blocks known cyber threat IP addresses from hitting your site, and IPs intent on harm such as data breaches, theft, ransomware, phishing, and installing malware. Now, I use this plugin on spacenewspodcast.com, and uh, like, seriously, I'm going to talk to you guys about this thing because I think it's important to protect your websites. And this plugin, it works with a, a data warehouse that collects tags and IP addresses from cyber threats and hundreds of blacklists and proprietary sources. And you would have no idea that this stuff is happening without this plugin. It takes about five minutes to install, uh, doesn't conflict with any other WordPress plugins, and runs automatically to protect you and your awesome WordPress website. It's all $20. That's it, 20 bucks. Go over to wpthreat.com and check it out for yourself. So let's go check out what's going on with these mini Marco spacecrafts near Mars. These little things, these little satellites, these little spacecraft are about the size of a briefcase and their success was measured by their survival. If they were able to operate in deep space at all, and they would be pushing the limits of experimental technology that's going on right now in space. And there's two of them. They're very far from Mars right now, and they've seemed to reach their limit. It's been over a month since engineers have heard from Marco, which followed NASA's insight to Mars. And at this time, the mission team considers it unlikely that they'll ever be heard from again. Marco, which is short for Mars Cube 1, was the first interplanetary mission to use a class of mini spacecraft called CubeSats. The Marcos, nicknamed even Wally after characters from a Pixar film, served as communications relays during InSight's landing, beaming back data at each stage of its descent to the Martian surface in near real time. Along with InSight's first image, Wally sent back stunning images from Mars as well, and while Eve performed some simple radio science. All of this was done with experimental technology, and it costs a fraction of what most space missions do. It was $18.5 million, which was provided by NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California, which built these CubeSats. Wally was last heard from on December 29th. Eve on January 4th. Based on trajectory calculations, Wally is currently more than 1 million miles past Mars. Eve is even further at almost 2 million miles past the Red Planet. And the mission team have several theories for why they haven't been able to contact the pair. Wally has a leaky thruster. 
altitude control issues could have caused them to wobble and lose the ability to send and receive commands, and the brightness sensors that allow the CubeSats to stay pointed at the sun and recharge their batteries could be another factor. The Marcos are in orbit around the sun and will continue to go farther away. And the farther away they are, the more precisely they need to point their antennas to communicate back to Earth. And Marcos won't start moving toward the sun again until the summer. And the team will reattempt to contact the CubeSats at that time. Though it's anyone's guess whether their batteries and other parts will last that long. Remember, this is experimental technology. They built this thing to last, but who knows if it's going to actually work. So when summer comes around, we'll find out if they come back online and if we can communicate with them once again. And even if they have failed completely, even if they are completely dead in the water, um, the team considers it a spectacular success. This mission was always about pushing the limits of miniaturized technology and seeing just how far it could take us. That's what Andy Klesch said, who's the mission's chief engineer at JPL. We've put a stake in the ground. Future CubeSats might go even further. But these things will live on. These CubeSats, these Marco CubeSats will live on because their spare parts are going to be used again. And they're going to be used in other CubeSat missions, and that includes their experimental radios, antennas, and propulsion systems. Several of those systems were provided by commercial vendors, which makes them readily available for other CubeSat projects to use. That being said, NASA is set to launch a variety of new CubeSats in coming years. John Baker, who is the Marco program manager at JPL, said there's big potential in these small packages. CubeSats part of a larger group of spacecraft called SmallSats are a new platform for space exploration that is affordable to more than just government agencies. Could CubeSats be the future for NASA? Are they going to start miniaturizing everything? Well, that's kind of what they've done already. The technology that was used to launch the Apollo missions is now in your phone. All these microprocessors, things like that, they were all pioneered by people scientists, engineers who have, you know, contributed to space exploration. So that being said, it's coming full circle and space exploration is becoming miniaturized as well. So that's it for the space news today, everybody, all space cadets out there. I want to say thank you to everybody who's contributed to the podcast, everyone who's listened to it, everyone who's subscribed. If you're not subscribed, please hit that subscribe button. It helps a ton. Also, leave a comment on iTunes. That's very, very helpful. Leave a comment, leave a five-star rating. That's super helpful. And I want to say thank you for all of those that have done that as well. So all the comments that you leave on iTunes, I read them all. I think it's pretty cool. I like constructive criticism and I've taken it all and I made the podcast better because of it. So if you give a five-star rating, leave a comment and say, hey, I like this, but can you do this too? I really, really appreciate that. That's really cool. Or just hit me up on Twitter at Space News Pod or on Facebook at Space News Pod. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Musubu, um, which is at WPThreat.com. Those guys are amazing. They can help you secure your WordPress site. You can also head over to Patreon.com slash Space News Podcast to contribute directly to the funding of awesome science on the Space News Podcast. Thanks for listening, Space Cadets, and I will see you soon.